I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, as we wait for the room to fill up, and then, you know, in the back half of the show, um, and this is where I'm going to be relying on you a little bit, uh, get your questions in, and we will answer some of those here at the uh, at the tail end. Um, so, yeah, right now we are just kind of sitting at a few people here in the room right now. I'm going to go ahead and, and get situated, take my last uh, sip of wine that I'll be able to. Uh, for the duration of the show, since it is just me and I am live. All right, so the starting point on all of this, um, and this is usually how it goes, right? I'll uh, I'll hear some information, it won't quite sit, sit right with me, and I'll start digging a little bit, and uh, we'll see where that kind of takes me. And in this case, it's, uh, it's no different. And by the way, apologies for the way that I'm going to sound. I uh, bit the ever-living crap out of my tongue. <laughs> yesterday during dinner and um so we'll see how long we can we can go with that but so the uh the starting point on all of this was a quote from rob perlinka about the lakers uh looking to start two bigs potentially this upcoming season and um all right sure I think if you're going to do that, you probably want a better big on your on your roster than Jackson Hayes to start next to Anthony Davis, but okay. And then uh, I just kind of like filed that away as interesting. Made me a little nervous because I don't like the idea very much, but just kind of filed it away. And then a few days ago, earlier this week, Dave McMenamin went on the uh, low post and talked about the idea of there i think the exact phrasing he used was that he would not be shocked it wouldn't be shocking to him if jackson hayes was your starting center at the beginning of the season with uh ad at the four and 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 lebron at the three okay (laughs) uh i'm not I'm, i'm not over the moon over it so that that second one right there that is now two blips on the radar that to me is is a reason enough to start taking so i started asking around and just kind of wondered you know to the various people that i i I usually talk to hey um this isn't an act like you aren't actually going to do this thing right you aren't actually going to start uh christian wood at the five when you could really make a case here that he isn't one of your top nine or 10 players, right? Depending on how you feel about max. Uh, and, and you know, the, the, the response was like, all right, let's cool down a little bit on max. Uh, Jackson Hayes has done a little bit more to uh, this point in his career than max has. So that would put 
Hayes in like the top nine of your roster, but certainly not in the top five. Not uh, a he's not a a good enough center to start for a team that has title aspirations. So again, that kind of made me wonder a little bit, and I continued to ask around. And one theory that was kind of presented to me that made a lot of sense was, well, if you're the Lakers and you're trying to convince one of Christian Wood or Bismack Biombo or Jermichael Green to a lesser extent, if you're trying to convince one of those guys to come to the Lakers it's, and, and all you have at your disposal is the exact same amount of money that most of the other teams that they are considering going to, then you have to offer up a, a, a different carrot, right? And um, unlike with Andre Drummond, you don't have to go so far as to promise a starting gig, but you can at least tell Wood or Biombo, hey, you could you could compete for the starting center gig. We can see what that looks like, and and that gives you know for both of those players, they're they're going to be playing for a contract beyond this this next one that they get. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, that was this, again, the next step in this was, okay, you can offer up the carrot. Still don't really know why that, you know, an understanding of the role, an understanding of the contract. Uh, we got a report from Dan Wojcicki that now all of a sudden the Chicago Bulls are a serious threat to sign Christian Wood. Uh, now that they have their player exception and, uh, that they could give him, uh, that would extend beyond the minimum contracts that he's looking at signing elsewhere. Uh, he could also wait for the Dame trade in Miami to see what extra money and, and minutes that they have at their disposal as well. So, yeah, I I kind of wondered if all of this was kind of... It, it, the, the, the picture is starting to become a little bit clearer, and um, I think it has a lot to do with the communication that often takes place, the negotiations that often take place between team and player and his team um, at this stage of the season when everybody, like the cards are all on the table. Everybody kind of knows what, what the Lakers can offer, what their competition to sign these guys, what those teams can offer. Um, with teams, everybody right now is signing their like 13th, 14th, or 15th player. In OKC's case, they're waiving their 22nd player. Um, so with everything, all the information kind of being out there, there and, and, and without these deals being done, it's a continued negotiation. And I thought that the way that the Lakers have maintained their messaging about potential starter spot at that position struck me as further negotiation um, in this, you know, back and forth that they are maintaining here with Christian Wood. All right. So here's what, here's where the whole Chicago thing really got interesting to me because, um, we get that we get the, the information we have to this point with the Lakers and I can confirm all of the reports that they have been very interested in Wood. they've had an offer on the table to Wood for weeks now. Um, and, or for however long they can have had that offer on the table to him. Uh, and I, I thought that the report of Chicago being a very real threat felt to me like Christian Wood's team kind of poking and prodding the Lakers here a little bit. All right, look, 
We know he can't give us extra money. We know that we can compete for a starting gig. How about you promise it? How about, how about we actually see what we can actually put on the table here? And, and uh, again, threw that theory out there to some folks and got back from them. Yeah, that tracks. So as I understand it right now, again, the Lakers are very interested and I think would prefer Christian Wood over Bismack Biombo. Um, Jackson Hayes and Biombo have some overlap in skill sets, especially if Jackson Hayes takes a step forward in his uh, career with the Lakers. And we've heard Rob Palenka say that he prefers to have a big who can stretch the floor next to AD because that makes it a little bit easier to play those two players together, whoever that other player would be. Um, so I think they prefer... Christian Wood, and if uh, and Christian Wood, I believe, is still very interested with the, in in the Lakers, but he wants to wait and see before he eliminates his other options. Right, there's opportunity cost at play here. Uh, he wants to wait and see how things go with Miami and how things go with Chicago. I don't know. I don't believe uh, Chicago will actually use that player exception. They're a historically cheap franchise with a terrible owner. So I don't. I I think at this stage of the off season, uh, they would probably be saving that uh, exception to maybe use in a trade. So once Woods Camp finds that out, once the Damian Lillard trade happens, and we see where Nurkic winds up. We see how many uh, how many minutes are available in Miami. If there is any additional funds that Miami could work with to uh, bring Christian Wood in, um, just like with the Lakers, Wood can actually play next to Bam, um, just like he can play next to AD because of the shooting ability. And I think both Bam and AD's defensive prowesses do a lot to make up for what uh, Wood doesn't bring on that end of the court. And yeah, I think. Um, I, I think things are all in this kind of stalemate in this waiting period. Um, we keep getting reports now. I think Jake Fisher just reported for uh, Yahoo that James Harden is expected to <laughs> report to training camp with the Philadelphia 76ers because the Clippers haven't put together and might not be able to put together a trade package that uh, warrants Daryl Morey's attention. So... I think as we find out that that is, again, going to rem remain in that stalemate, because look, if uh, the Clippers trade Zubats for, uh, for James Harden, then Wood could go to the Clippers and compete with Mason Plumlee for that starting role. And certainly uh, for legitimate starters or, or, you know, legitimate minutes there uh, with the Clippers. And, and yeah, for, for his team, you are where you are at this stage of the offseason. And it's actually kind of a version of what's going on here with, with Portland, right? You know what the offer is from Miami. Dan Levitard is out there uh, screaming to anybody who will listen that that is what you're going to get. It is all you're going to get. You're going to get Tyler Hero and you're going to like it, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take a deep breath. Let's all calm down. Uh, But if you're Portland and that is the offer, then why not wait? Is that offer going away? I doubt it, right? Miami doesn't want to mess around and not get Damian Lillard. So for Portland, they're going to sit here and they're going to say, all right, we'll wait this out. I think, you know, Christian Wood and his team are going to sit here and say, all right, let's wait this out. And, And look, for Wood... Uh, just like I talked about with Kirk on uh, the in the lounge a few days ago with Wood, there's a lot riding on the decision that he winds up making here, right? There is a, a, you know, for him, if he doesn't turn things around, if he doesn't, you know, kind of fix some of the reputation and narrative about him within league circles, um, Dan Wojcicki had a source tell him that if LeBron is able to get Wood to toe the line, that that would make LeBron the greatest of all time. Um, Wood needs to turn some of that around. So if, uh, if, if he signs with the wrong team, if that team, um, you know, doesn't, if he, if he, if he signs with the team thinking that, yeah, sure, they'll give me minutes, but like, won't actually define a role. Or if he signs with the team before another team is that would, would be willing to give him a, a starting role. Uh, if he if he foregoes that opportunity cost, then that could really mess with his career. So I think we're all just kind of sitting and waiting here. But I do believe that uh, the 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 recent reports that we've gotten regarding the Lakers' interest in Christian Wood and Wood's interest uh, as it stands around the league, um, I think that does have a lot to do with the Lakers throwing out the carrot. Hey, you can compete for a starter's role and certainly with minutes or four minutes beyond that. Um, One thing that I found interesting this last week was the Lakers didn't think that they would have a shot at Christian Wood, um, uh, you know, at the minimum. And uh, I tried to ask like, Hey, if you had known that, would you have signed Jackson Hayes and got some noncommittal responses there? Because, uh, you know, you just don't know those things, right? And to their, you know, to be absolutely fair to them, there's no way to know that. So, um, but, you know, for me personally, if if I would have known, if we would have known that Wood would be available 
at the minimum, you don't sign Hayes and you convert Castleton right from the get-go. And that's a that's a better starting group or, or a, a starting point for your for your center group um, heading into the season. But you can still keep Castleton at the two-way that he's going to be on. And eventually you can convert Castleton anyway. Hayes is on a minimum, minimum. So if you have to waive him to make more minutes available, then you can always do that. You are going to hit injuries over the course of the year. So having an extra body with having Hayes and Wood and potentially Castleton on that two-way makes a lot of sense there. So I don't, I'm, I'm not here to criticize what, which, which direction the Lakers took here. It's just, it, it, it does do a lot to show how quickly things change where heading into the off season, the vast majority of people that I spoke to heading into, you know, heading into this thing thought the wood would get somewhere in the vicinity of the, uh, the taxpayer mid-level. He did not. And now uh, his team is trying to find him a situation where he gets closer to that. And if not the money, then he needs to be absolutely sure that he's signing with a team that has a role that would allow him to make more money beyond this next contract. So I hope that makes sense for everybody. I do still believe that the Lakers will wind up signing him. Um, I do know that the Lakers are still very interested in Christian Wood. And for good reason. He's the most talented player on the market right now. Um, he has some holes, which is why he's available here. But I do think uh, with the length that the Lakers have on the perimeter and just having Anthony Davis, that this is about the best situation for Wood. So we'll see how all this plays out. And we'll see if, if they're able to sign him. And if they do sign him... If it will be a situation where, like with Drummond, they promise a starting gig, and that throws some stuff into uh, into discomfort. I do know that the Lakers are a lot more hesitant to do that because of how things went with Drummond. Um, but if if that is how this all plays out, it'll be interesting to see if it if it is with a starting gig being promised or with the opportunity to potentially earn a starting gig. Um, and, and whether that is something that he uh, goes for at all. All right. Uh, so I want to go through here and uh, see if I find any questions. If you have any questions, let me know. Thank you, everybody. Make sure you hit that subscribe button there at the bottom. We are dangerously close to the point where I'm able to uh, monetize this thing and buy Avery. Tomorrow is Thursday, and uh, it's Donut Thursday for Avery. It's a, it's a big day for her. So, uh, yeah, hit that subscribe button. Let's get, let's cross that thousand subscriber threshold. Um, and, and yeah, I'm going to go through some of the, uh, the comments here. So Nathan Mark is Anthony Davis, otherworldly defense enough to make up for Christian Woods. Also otherworldly defense on the bad side. It's not just AD. Uh, it's also, you know, so if, if you have wood out there, and LeBron isn't out there, or even if LeBron is out there and you have just like a, a huge front court of Wood and LeBron and AD, and then you have, say, Austin at the two and Vincent at the one, um, that is enough collective and, and enough connective defensive tissue, I think, throughout the players there on the court to make up for some of the issues that Wood has defensively. Um, you just, the, the, the thing with, the, I don't want to oversimplify this, but also basketball is a relatively simple concept. Um, 
the narrower that you make a player's role, the more likely that player is to succeed. That's why you see like Walker Kessler last year was one of very few rookies, maybe the only rookie to have like a positive impact on winning, right? And uh, the thing that Utah did with him was like, all right, stand here, block that stuff, run this specific lane, get down there, finish in front of the rim there, sit, set the occasional screen. But again, once you set that screen, I need you to fill this specific lane when you're when you're when you're rolling to the basket and and by narrowing his role, you make him look more positively impactful than most rookies tend to be. And I think for Christian Wood, the Lakers just tell him, hey, dude, you have long as shit arms. Stand right here. (laughs) Stand right here. Block some shots, change some shots, grab some rebounds and then fill the, the the trailer spot at the other end of the court, and you make his, his role that kind of narrow, then you can really, there's a lot to work with there. Um, the other thing, too, that's interesting with Christian Wood, I think he was like second or third uh, in terms of points per possession as a, as a uh, roller in, or, or as, a, as a screen setter last year. Now, a lot of that has to do with playing Luka Doncic, uh, with Luca and and you know being able to space the floor there, if he's hitting shots coming out of the pick and roll, more of those are going to be three point shots, uh, which obviously you hit enough of those, you are scoring more points per possession than people who are rolling and hoping to dunk it or lay it up at the rim. So some of that stuff is contextualized, but Lakers have a pretty good pick and roll guy in in LeBron. They have a pr- another really good pick and roll guy. And Austin Reeves, who uh, defenses can't just like switch with. Same goes for D'Angelo Russell and same goes for Gabe Vincent. There's no reason Wood wouldn't be able to be something close to that kind of productive in that role offensively. And then defensively, if you just surround him with enough defensive talent to make him like league average on that end, that's a damn good player. And again, that's the kind of player where, you know, maybe teams look at him and say, well, we don't have Anthony Davis on our team. And he, you know, his defensive deficiencies uh, would would showcase themselves a lot more seeing as we don't have AD. But also, like, part of the conversation about this guy is a potential unwillingness to accept certain roles. So if he just accepts a super narrow role and thrives in it, that's a big box that that hasn't been checked to this point here with Wood, and I, I think that's something him him and his uh, team need to keep in mind uh, as they as they select their their next destinations. Um, next question here comes from I guess I can I can put these on the screen. Chucky Goldstein writes: Could Ham go with a one guard lineup when LeBron handles the point and Vando is a point of attack perimeter defender? Would you like it? Do you think Ham likes it? Uh, well, one guard lineup meaning like a guard on you know next to LeBron. So if you have like I guess it would be Reeves or Vincent, or I guess or Russell, one of those three with Vando, <clears throat> with Vando, Rui, LeBron, and. AD or Wood or whomever, um, I could see it. I it worked really well for the Lakers when they won the championship. Uh, basically, letting LeBron handle point occasionally. Um, it's the kind of thing that 
I'm not positive Ham is going to be that interested in. He likes having at least three guys, I would say. Like, he likes having a tertiary ball handler out on the court, um, which, you know, if your tertiary ball handler is Rui, maybe. Maybe I maybe he talks himself into that. Um, but I, it's something that I would like uh, for, for just short stretches. The thing with this roster and, and the thing that having as many wings on the roster as the Lakers do is that it allows you to do all kinds of wacky stuff. Uh, it, it allows you to really kind of get super creative with lineups and approaches within those lineups and counters to whichever approach you do wind up taking. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it'll be nice that the Lakers will enter training camp with their roster intact and a sensible roster intact so that they can try this stuff out um, throughout training camp throughout those exhibition games. And then early in the season, um, the Lakers can try some stuff out without like, so the thing with when, when Russ was on the team and you had $47 million devoted to a player that you weren't really sure what you were going to get on either side of the ball. Um, is that really, you know, shortens your margin for error. And if the Lakers were going to win a game, (laughs) uh, they had to play damn near perfect. Remember early in the season, there were games where it was taking like LeBron and AD to combine for like 70 points or something crazy just to give the Lakers a shot. And it never really felt sustainable. So in this case, though, the Lakers, because they have more players that are above minimum type players and more guys who can go off or just hit shots and, and be like sensible role players there, um, you can mess around with the margin for error and try some stuff over the course of the game that the Lakers couldn't while Russ was on the team. Again, not blaming Russ specifically, uh, though his contract and the way that he approached the game were a big part of that. But but yeah, like that was just the situation that the Lakers were in. So trying some shit out, all for it. Let's go uh, to the next question here uh, after I play my handy-dandy swish. So... Uh, Tyroglyphics writes, uh, is there a way for the Lakers to end up under under the luxury tax after adding their 14th player? Is adding Castleton the only way? Um, yes, is the easiest answer there. That if the Lakers uh, do not add Christian Wood, do not add Bismack Biombo, and just convert Castleton right away, that gets them under the luxury tax right at the beginning of the season. The thing about luxury taxes, though, just like your taxes at home, is it's you know taken care of uh, taken care of over the course of the season. So if the Lakers want to get under the luxury tax and reset their repeater tax, then uh, they just have to be under the luxury tax by the time the season ends. So that the amount of money that goes out over the course of the season is below that tax line. One way they'll they'll probably look to do that is if for when they trade D'Angelo Russell or any of these other these other role players on their teams uh, on their team if they take back less money than they send out that brings them closer to that luxury tax point i'm not going to get too into the weeds as far as like how much money they would have to send out and bring back in because that is clearly a moving target right now but yeah if the lakers get you know if, if they're trying to get under the luxury tax and they don't do it this way which is you know just converting Castleton 
they'll be able to do that over the course of the season. And, and I would be pretty surprised if they, if they don't wind up doing that. All right. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Mark Ham would counter with a four guard lineup. Um, Cole Nicholson writes, uh, I would like to see Winion come back. So that is still a possibility. Uh, I, again, the Lakers are really focused on Christian Wood and Bismack Miombo right now. They were also focused on Dario Saric, who obviously signed with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, but if they don't bring either of these two guys in and they want some continuity, then bringing back Wenyan makes a little bit of sense. Also, when you take into account um, last year, Wenyan was starting to flash a corner three that he was starting to take more and more confidently over the course of the season. So, you know, if the Lakers are looking for somebody who spaces the floor but also gets after it physically, I actually, I could talk myself into Wenyan. Uh, I I really could. Uh, I know Barnes. There's there's some debate here. Wenyan is too small, and I get that he was, but you know between him and like Jermichael Green, you're splitting hairs at that point. And I could see the Lakers prioritizing somebody who was in their building last year, who understands the system, and um, you know especially given that the backup immediately to LeBron is Jackson Hayes, and there is so many questions about him, like. We all got frustrated and, you know, clearly it was it was just brutal for me to watch as it was my large adult son. But Damian Jones was a disaster last year for the Lakers. And if Hayes is is a lot of the same and, and they have a lot in common game wise, um, then it'd be nice to have somebody who can just step in. And you you saw what like when played really well when AD was down, um, I, I, I would actually like to see more of when with AD occasionally. Um, but yeah, I, I winning is, is, is still very much a possibility as, as I'm told. Uh, let's see. What is your, oh, here we go. So George, what is your ask on AD this coming season? I just want him to figure out if he wants to be a four or not. If he wants to be a forward, maybe lose some bulk to help his foot and back. Um, I think regardless, to be completely honest, uh, I think AD should really focus on losing some weight. Obviously, make the jokes. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I think um, I, I think if if AD like one of the things, one of the mistakes I thought that was made by AD in his camp was to bulk up to play the center to the extent that he did. Um, he looked slower. He didn't look as explosive. And as you're pointing out, George. Uh, there, that puts a lot of extra wear and tear on the joints, you know, in your feet and your knees and your back and stuff. And again, I can say all of that from experience, but, uh, in, in, in AD's case, uh, whether he, um, whether he comes into the season expecting to be the four, or if he comes into the season expecting to be the five, I want him to slim down. Um, as far as like choosing one way or the other, this is this is where it's interesting because again, even given everything that I talked about at the top of the at the top of the show about Christian Wood, the expectation from the Lakers is still for AD to come into the next season as the starting center. Um, Rob Palinka threw some stuff out there, and yeah, McMenamin echoed it. But as it stands right now, you don't sign Rui 
to a $17 million deal to bring him off of the bench or play him out of position. And if you play if you play a center next to AD, then Rui is coming off of the bench. And I don't think that's something that the Lakers really want. So I would ideally, ideally AD starts at the five and comes into next year trimmed up um, with some bulk behind him in Jackson Hayes and occasionally playing in two center lineups with Christian Wood. Um, That's how I would like to see this go. But if, if uh, if he does come into next year with the same similar build, then yeah, I'd be a little nervous about like where he fits in because like a- as he's currently built, he he's kind of a tweener, um, and and that's kind of like the the negative side of of the versatility coin, right? Um, my dad always <laughs> when when Rick Fox uh, was getting a little older, he was not quite big enough to play four and not quite fast enough to guard threes. Same goes for Robert Ory, right? When Robert Ory was getting a little older, not quite big enough to be a center, not quite fast enough or, or, or athletic enough to guard. At that time you had like the KGs and the Dirk Nowitzki's and the Tim Duncan's of the world. Um, and that made it tough, right? And for AD, when he is bigger, he is not fast enough to take advantage of that, uh, advantage that he would have against bigger, slower fives, but also doesn't really utilize his phys- physicality to take advantage of smaller fours. So yeah, I would, I would prefer to see him kind of trim down. All right, we'll go a, a couple more here. Alexis is asking if the Lakers don't get another center, uh, what do you think will be the rotation? And do you start Hayes and go back to the 2020 format and have Rui as a backup five? Um, yeah, again, I don't I don't see the Lakers signing Rui to the deal that they gave him, making a big deal out of him being a cornerstone of their core moving forward, um, and then bring him off of the bench. I, I especially if they don't bring in another center, I foresee the Lakers starting with AD at the five, LeBron at the four, Rui at the three, and so on and so forth. Um, the center rotation beyond that is actually kind of scary, right? Because now you're like, okay. I guess Jackson Hayes is your backup center. Colin Castleton is his backup. And if you have any injuries, then guys are already thrust into roles that they clearly haven't been ready for to this point in their careers. Now you're asking LeBron to play some some five, small ball five occasionally, which he'll do. But do you really want to put those miles on his odometer uh, and, and know that you're going to do that heading into the season? Not really. So, yeah, it's for all those reasons that I think the Lakers are going to sign a center, whether it is Christian Wood or Bismack Biombo or or whomever. Um, I do think the Lakers are going to sign another big. They need to sign another player. They have Castleton at the two-way, uh, as a two-way signing, and they would prefer to utilize, I think it's like 50 days that he can um, be a two-way player for, and then after that has to be converted so I think the Lakers would prefer to utilize all of those 50 days and then kind of look at at, at what is necessary um, with that 15th roster spot there at the end of the year and heading into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's they, they need to sign another center. And the idea of them not doing that uh, keeps me up at night. <laughs> all right, uh, last one here. Carlo Yusuka Yus- Kio? 
Lustacio? I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, thoughts on Kyrie possibly ending up a Laker for D'Lo and Rui. This was a very popular topic. Um, a very popular topic in Vegas was, hmm, weird that the Lakers would just so happen to have D'Lo and Rui line up perfectly with the number that Kyrie is at. Um, this was, again, uh, you know, when I was when I wasn't hounding anybody I could talk to about uh, Max Christie, the other question that like people from around the league were asking me was like, "So you ready for Kyrie?" Um, and I wouldn't say I wouldn't quite go that far as like an expectation this year, but I I do kind of think that um, and shit I won't even say that I think this. It's not a very well kept secret that LeBron would still like Kyrie to be a Laker. That's just the reality of the situation. And to this point, because of the uh, trade deadline that Rob Polinka put together, he has won that kind of like turf war between him and Clutch, for lack of a better term. Uh, he has won. And to this point, he has been able to tell LeBron, no, we're not going to bring in Kyrie. But if, uh, if things aren't going as one would expect, as... LeBron expects this season, you can bet your ass that over the course of the year, there's going to be some rumors and some, some, some tweets and some Instagram posts from LeBron pointing out what Kyrie is doing over there in Dallas, uh, on to go even further with that. If things aren't going very well in Dallas, we know that Kyrie is eventually going to, you know, burn that bridge eventually, Will he do it this year if things aren't going as well as he expects or as Dallas expects? Will he start saying like, you know, I I gave this a try. Please send me to the Lakers, right? We're seeing it with Dame. We're seeing it with James Harden where these stars are not just requesting trades, but they are request, requesting trades directly to a certain team. And yeah, we kind of saw that with AD. I think he was the beginning of that evolution, that next step. Um, and and for the most part, these guys have arrived at their at their intended destination. But also, you have guys like Paul George, who wanted to be a Laker, was requesting a trade, almost specifically to the Lakers. Indiana said, "No, we are going to get the best deal for you that we can." And he went to OKC, and eventually re-signed in OKC, extended with OKC. So um, still, Kyrie is a lot more stubborn. He's a lot more willing to throw people and organizations under the bus. And from both sides here, from the Lakers and from the uh, Mavericks side, I, I do think that eventually we might run into a situation here where LeBron and Kyrie are flirting in ways that make both organizations so uncomfortable that they both kind of look at each other and say, should we do this? I guess we're going to do this. And Kyrie winds up being a Laker uh, by the end of the season. All right. That is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. A rare live one. I wanted to get on here and just kind of like talk this through with you guys. Um, and and uh, I had a blast doing so. So thank you, everybody, for the comments and for the questions. Um, I, I always appreciate that stuff. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, getting the, this kind of audience on a Wednesday night in like latest July is not something I would have uh, envisioned for how this was actually going to play out. Um, again, please subscribe here on YouTube. 
as uh, as we get ready to, to get this thing going for the upcoming season. And uh, yeah, until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin. Telling all y'all to have a good one.